Hello, and welcome to this episode of Crop Talk. I'm your host, Thad Stauffer, and joining me today are Jason Gama and Tom Temko, the state insurance product officers for us here at Compere Financial. We are recording here in early February, which means today's conversation will center around crop insurance decisions for 2022. Uh, early start to the projected price conversation for 2022. Current prices are tracking around 575 on corn and 13.80 on beans. And if you look at where we were just a year ago, you're looking at a dollar plus on corn and almost two dollars on beans year over year. What does that mean to you as a listener? You're looking at almost 200 more dollars of coverage on corn and 100 dollars more coverage on beans if you took the same coverage just a year ago at that 85% level. So let's get right into our conversation today. We're going to talk about cost production. We'll talk about how the ARC PLC decision comes into play. And then we'll talk about SEO and ECO, a couple of products that are newer, but not new to the crop insurance game, but certainly need to spend time to see how that might interact with your operation. And then we'll jump into what the numbers might say, meaning take the numbers, how does that impact you, what's important for your operation and it'll take time to talk about PACE, which is a new product available for you this crop insurance year. And we will have, as we have in other episodes, have Tom give us some of his final thoughts for today. So, Jason, let me jump right in with you and let me see if you want to go ahead and share with our listeners a little bit on the cost production side. Yeah, thanks, Thad. So, yeah, we uh, we sit here in this early February time period thinking about renewing our crop insurance policy and what do I need to bring to the table there? And it could vary uh, client by client. But one thing we talk a lot about at Compere is knowing what your break-even or your cost of production number is. It's one of the uh, just the foundational informational pieces that we need uh, at our, on our end to understand what it is your risk is and how we can best build a uh, crop insurance policy to, uh, to cover those risks. So uh, we have a little quick start postcard we use in a lot of our offices, and it, it helps us capture a couple of things. Uh, number one, it helps us capture that cost of production or what it is. What is it? What does it cost you uh, to grow crop in a given year? We want to build a policy to protect that. If you need help with what that number is or finding out what that number is, we have a program called Mar Margin Manager uh, that will help us with that conversation. Um, secondly, this postcard helps us figure out what board price you want to kind of activate and set as a minimum revenue. Yep, we are uh, we're in the discovery period now, as Thad mentioned, in February, setting that spring price, but we do have products um, at the ready uh, available here at Compere that helps us uh, increase those uh, coverages by affecting that spring price or even picking an alternate discovery period, a number of different options we have uh, at the ready um, so we need to know what kind of price it is that you want to see not get away. And then lastly, uh, you know, what do you think this final price will be in February? Where do you think we'll end up? And that will help us kind of gauge some of what you believe uh, the perceived price risk is. Uh, those three things we can document, set into our revenue alert system, and be notified anytime any of those goals can be reached. So that's really the importance of knowing your break-even, your cost of production, um, and really what we want to focus in on there, Thad. So thanks, Jason, for that. You mentioned margin manager, and that's kind of where my mind was going. If I don't know what my cost production was or my break-evens, there's a tool that, that certainly we can leverage to kind of help guide us 
on that conversation. Tom, I'm interested from your standpoint, uh, being a farmer, what your your take on that early conversation is. Yeah, that's a good good point because everybody's cost of production technically can be different, but yet very similar. What I like about the margin uh, manager tool is there's some defaults in there that pretty much this is what we think the average is going to be. It might be light in this area, heavy in that area, but it gives us a good reference point. Uh, typically, the universities, if you want to Google search, will have numbers out there as well. But if you have not yet visited the computer.com site, uh, please do that. You can download or upload that margin manager and take a look at it if you still want to run through some numbers. All right. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate that. Let me stay with you, Tom, uh, while I've got you. We talked earlier in the opening about ARC PLC and that decision and how that kind of plays into, oddly enough, crop insurance decisions. Would you give our listeners an overview of the ARC PLC decision and why that's important from a crop insurance perspective? Absolutely. So every year we have to go out there and choose which one we want to go with. And uh, it could be different each year. Oftentimes it's similar. Uh, those decisions are due by March 15th, but as we all know, we've been getting the calls earlier from the FSA offices. I've been getting calls from producers as well, like, hey, what should I be doing? And I usually ask them, hey, let us meet with you first, and here's the reason why. Uh, if you want to take a product called SCO, you need to make sure you take PLC. You might go, why would I take that? I haven't taken that in the past. I said, well, because probably more likely neither county ARC or PLC is going to probably pay more than likely and have to drop a long ways or have a really terrible yield to be able to even qualify for county yield. And PLC, 370 is the uh, floor for corn where it starts to, to pay out and 840 for beans. And nobody wants prices to get down there. So the only reason you want to maybe meet with our agents first is to see if ECO is the right fit for your operator, excuse me, SCO is the right fit for your operation. So before you do those calls make to the FSA office, make sure you reach out to your agent. If you're ready at the 85% level, you can still take that 1% sliver of SCO, see if it makes sense. Um, that is really the only reason, that you want to hold off on making that FSA um, decision. You know, and just probably a quick little summary for producers out there. Uh, from my perspective, if you're at the 85% level and that's where you want to be, a lot of those producers are going to stick with county arc a lot of times. Unless you want to try that 1% sliver, it's, the value is still there. It's price protection. If you want to get your feet wet or comfortable with an area or county-based program, that's the, this is the year to do it. Now, if you're at the 80% level and maybe you're in my area where you buy a lot of hail and maybe wind as well, and the costs aren't the same as some of the other states, right? Some people, it's like, well, it doesn't cost very much to do that. Well, it costs a lot in our area, uh, three to four times more than a lot of other areas. Well, those people might be at the 80% level, and if they're buying and spending a lot of premium and dollars on hail and maybe hail and wind protection, those, those numbers get to be a little bit big. Well, I like what prices are at today, and I'm not saying that we're going to have a price drop, but buying that last 6%, in the form of SCO, I think still makes sense to me. But I will have some agents say, well, Tom, if they're going to spend 6 or $7 an acre, shoot, they can spend an extra $7 and just go to 85% level. I'm like, yep, that is true. But if they're not going to do that, at least look at the SCO and say, you know what, this is a year I'm going to just see how this works, which means if prices drop, I might get paid on that area base, even though my yields were pretty good. 
just take a look at it, see if it makes sense for you. And if it doesn't, great. And if it does, well, then take PLC at the FSA office and take that 6% in the form of SEO. Thanks, Don, for that. Honestly, one of my big takeaways is decision is March 15th, which aligns with our crop insurance conversation. So that is certainly important. And, Tom, to your point, every producer situation is and can be different. So one of the important aspects to bring up to our listeners here is that uh, comparative tool that can be available through our agents to walk through that those situations. So determining what may be best for your operation, ARC versus PLC, for sure we've got tools we can help with those decisions, which in really leads into that SEO discussion. And, and Jason, let me slip it back to you. When I think about SEO, if I do choose PLC, SEO becomes available to me. Our listeners need to know what when it comes to supplemental coverage option. Yeah, thanks, Thad. So SEO, not new. Uh, it's been around for several years now. Uh, most of you guys uh, in the listening audience probably are aware of what it is. It's supplemental coverage option. It's crop insurance. It does go on top of your underlying multi-parallel individual coverage, but the big difference is SEO is area-based coverage. Uh, it's a band of coverage that sits over and on top of your multi-parallel uh, revenue protection. Uh, it's always going to end at 86%. It always starts wherever your revenue protection leaves off and always goes up to and then stops at 86%. So Tom mentioned earlier, if I have an 85% underlying policy, then my SCO band of area-based coverage is only going to be 1%, be 85 up to 86 If I have an 80% underlying policy, then my SCO band is now 6%, right, because it goes from 80 up to 86 if my underlying policy was 75%, now I have an 11% band of SEO or area-based coverage on top of that going from 75 to 86. So it always starts where my underlying leaves off and it goes up to 86. Uh, it is area-based coverage, so you have to remember that, right? So if you think about a cup of coffee maybe, that, uh, that underlying multi-parallel revenue protection policy, However high that goes up, 75, 80, or 85%, that's like the coffee in my cup, right? That's going to do the heavy lifting. That's individual coverage, extremely important, especially at these high prices and uh, high coverage levels this year. And then SCO, you can kind of think of as creamer on top of that coffee. Again, ending or starting, excuse me, where your underlying ends and then goes up to 86%. Very highly subsidized. It's subsidized at 65%. What does that mean? Every dollar of premium of SEO, you're only paying 35 cents of that dollar. So very highly subsidized uh, area-based protection there. Bad uh, mentioned earlier, you have to take PLC to get SEO. Now, well, why is that? Well, if you took Art County, Art County is an area-based coverage that has an 86% trigger, right? SEO is also area-based coverage and has an 86% trigger. And so uh, you're not able to, to have duplicative coverage when we're talking about insurance in general. So that's why you can't have Art County with SEO because ultimately it's the same coverage. It's just that one is free, you know, through FSA, and one costs a little bit of premium through crop insurance. And I'm going to tell you here in a moment why I think it's important to at least have the conversation of looking at SEO versus Art County. So you got to take PLC to get SEO. We have a bunch of tools here at our, at our, uh, at our hands, uh, in the hands of our agents uh, that help walk through the different scenarios, like Thad mentioned, between ARC and PLC, what's going to take 
to get a payment. Um, also, what SEO looks like for your operation so we can dive into the numbers on your farm in your county so that we can give you a great idea of what your operation in your county is going to look like with all of these uh, moving parts. One of the uh, key points we talk about when we talk about SEO is whether you're a good candidate or not for area-based coverage in general. Um, and what we have at our hands, in our hands, is a tool called Optimum. We'll talk about it several times today. But one of the great features of Optimum is it allows us to take your farm yields and pin them up and compare them against the county yields for your county. And you can see if you're a good candidate. We're not so uh, interested whether you outperform or underperform the county per se. We're really more concerned about whether you track with the county. In other words, if the county has a big loss, do you have a big loss? If the county doesn't have a loss, do you not have a loss? We want to see whether you track or correlate with that county. Uh, because when you have a loss, we want to get you all the, all, the, all the funds we can get you to get you on to the next year. So STO, so uh, a big reason why I think you should look at STO over County ARC has to do, they're, they're both 86% triggers, and they both use county yields, but the price that's used is drastically different. And I just want to take a couple minutes to that and kind of lean on this, on this uh, idea. So let's compare PLC to ARC County to SCO, okay, on a price scale, on a price basis, the price that's used. On PLC, Tom mentioned it, the reference price for corn, 370 Reference price for soybeans, 840 very low. PLC is not going to pay unless the marketing year average prices come in at under those reference prices. Seems very unlikely with where we're at today. Art County, uh, those, it's a little bit better of a product than PLC because it has a yield component to it. Um, but the, the benchmark prices that are used with our county are also 370 for corn and 912 for soybeans, so a little bit higher than PLC on the soybean side of things. But SCO, the case I want to make today, SCO is crop insurance, so it uses the crop insurance prices. Yes, it comes at a, at a premium, uh, but the prices are, that are used for SCO far outweigh those prices I just uh, covered with PLC in Art County. Because what are they? Well, they're, they're going to be whatever the February average ends up being here. And as uh, Thad mentioned earlier in the call uh, or in the, in the uh, podcast here, that soybeans are at 1386 and uh, corn today is at 575. So on the corn side of things, 575 compared to 370. Uh, so SCO is going to use the 575 if that's what the February average ends up being. Uh, Art County would be down at the 370. Not to mention that Art County is only going to pay you on 85% of your base acres, whereas SCO pays on 100% of your planted or insured acres. Uh, so what does that mean uh, for you guys out there? Well, it means a heck of a lot higher coverage level uh, because they're both using the 86% trigger, they both use county yields, but with that increase in price, um, I can be looking at 300 plus more dollars on corn per acre that I'm covering uh, if I'm looking at ARC County versus SCO. So, um, yep, if you're already at the 85% level and we're only talking about 1% of SCO, maybe you pass. That 1% is not going to make or break your farm. Maybe you take ARC County in that case. But if you're at 80% or lower, 
uh, I'm going to make a strong case for you to sit down with your agent and sit down with these numbers and with our exclusive tools that we have at Compere to walk through that math to see if it really does make sense for your operation. I think you're going to find uh, that you want to put some serious consideration to taking SEO, uh, which makes you take PLC versus taking our county. And if our listeners aren't sold on that conversation, Jason, we'll have them call you direct. How about that? <laughs> Uh, no, I appreciate you sharing that. That's that is good information and something for us to think about and consider. And I would argue that for our listeners, even that one percent sliver is an important consideration when you think about the actual dollars of coverage gained versus the subsidized premium for SCO. Uh, in that conversation, Jason, about SCO, and even Tom, if you want to weigh in on this. You mentioned about the band of coverage from whatever your coverage level was up to 86% for SEO. It would be great for our listeners to hear, since this is year two, the enhanced coverage option, ECO, which systematically is similar to SEO. It just increases that band of coverage for our listeners. So let's spend some time here and share ECO for those who may have not heard about it last year or hearing about it for the first time this year. Yeah, thanks, Thad. And uh, just really quickly on the SCO, that dollar or that one percent of sliver there, from eighty-five to eighty-six in our area, that may be a dollar fifty uh, as far as premium. And on the eighty eighty percent level, where we're talking about a six percent band of SCO, might be around seven bucks an acre. I think that differs a little bit. That's in Illinois, Central Illinois. Differs a little bit in Minnesota, Tom, in your area. What does SCO typically run for that 1% versus that 6% band? You know, because of the liability and whatnot, the slight difference, our cost isn't that much different. Um, so very similar. Okay, perfect. Uh, yeah, as you mentioned, that ECO, this is uh, just taking SCO and kind of putting it on steroids a little bit. It just increases that trigger. Everything that I said about SCO is true for ECO except for one thing. Uh, ECO, it doesn't matter whether you take ARC or PLC at FSA. Again, you might ask why. Well, it has a different uh, trigger. Uh, it has a 90% trigger or a 95% trigger, not an 86. So it no longer conflicts with ARC County at all. So you can take ARC County or PLC and uh, still be qualifying for ECO. So ECO is, everything else I said about SCO is the same for ECO. Um, it just takes that coverage from the 86% level, which is the SCO cutoff, and takes it up then to either 90 or 95% trigger. Still area-based coverage, uh, not individualized. It is highly subsidized, not quite as high as SCO is because of its higher trigger. It's going to pay more often. Uh, but that 90% level is subsidized at 51% and 95% level is subsidized at 44%. So still, the government's paying uh, almost half of that, uh, of that premium in both cases. So any, everything else is the same. So if you think about that cup of coffee, your revenue protection is the coffee. The SCO or supplemental coverage option is that creamer up to 86%. And then the ECO or enhanced coverage option might even be sugar on top of uh, on top of that creamer, which now you're just getting crazy, uh, either up to 90 or 95 percent. Uh, Tom, what do you think about just this whole conversation around SEO and ECO from your perspective of being a, uh, a producer yourself? You know, if you're listening to this conversation, you're asking 
man, you should talk about the private bands of coverage. Why have we switched to uh, SEO and ECO? Well, I just want producer, producers or our listeners to understand it's because those private bands of coverage have increased uh, in cost so much uh, or they've reduced some liability or let's just go with pure cost. It just makes it easier to, to really understand. We like what they do. I like ECO, I like SEO, but there are some areas that, you know what, they still want and demand the private bands of coverage because they're taking that band of coverage in lieu of hail insurance because if they're still in one of those areas with high hail cost, there are times where those private bands of coverage versus maybe ECO, for example, still makes sense to the producer, right? Because you don't want that freak hailstorm that hits you but not the county. So there's still times those private bands of coverage come into play, but for the bulk and the masses, and if you're actually taking hail insurance as well, that would still cover you for spot losses. These area-based programs still just make good sense. It's great price protection. Um, if you're not an aggressive marketer and you're going to be waiting before you do a lot of marketing activity, maybe this spring or summer, maybe after harvest, uh, do what you can to protect price. That's what I like about them, Jason. All right, guys, thanks for that conversation on SEO, ECO. And as we've been having that conversation, I've been looking at our Compure Optimum tool during this conversation, looking at both Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Illinois, and just looking how everything kind of compares, which is a, an important part to bring up with our listeners when you think about making the right decision, whether it's your underlying policy or anything you might want to add on to it, our Optimum tool really helps take your data and, and drive those decisions to make the best decision for you for what you're wanting to cover. Jason talked earlier about that postcard of really kind of what you're looking to cover. It really starts with that, and Optimum helps us identify that. And it really goes even deeper. I won't get into great detail, but when you're thinking about what's important to you, whether that's a high minimum revenue guarantee, if it's just purely guaranteed bushels, we've talked a lot about subsidy today. If you're looking to maximize subsidy or really just the highest net return, there, there's options for whatever is important to you. And what I find most often is the option of frequency and severity of claims. That's always an interesting conversation when you look at Optimum. But the beauty of Optimum is whether you're data-driven and you're visual or you're data-driven and you just want to see the numbers, you've got both options, whatever makes sense for you. So I encourage our listeners, if you haven't seen Optimum, reach out to your crop insurance agent at Compere and see if you could get a chance to sit down and see how your data looks compared to others and how it might help you make a good decision heading into 2022. So guys, let's, let's take some time here and talk about PACE and what is PACE because it is a new option for farmers in the Compare territory in certain counties for 2022. So, Jason, Tom, will you lead this conversation on pace with our listeners of what it is and why they should consider this? Sure thing, Thad. Um, I'll give it a start and then have Tom fill in some gaps as well around pace. So what is pace? Uh, it stands for post-application coverage endorsement. So those of you that do split apply nitrogen, uh, this is a little bit of a benefit in a crop and a policy coverage 
when you're prevented from putting that second application of nitrogen down if you get prevented. So it's not available everywhere. There's a couple maps that we have access to if you want to see those. Uh, parts of Illinois, parts of Wisconsin, and a small part of Minnesota, bleeding into Iowa, a little bit in Nebraska, um, North Dakota, just a hair, Kansas, just a hair, Colorado, just a hair. So really around the Midwest, and then there's a little swath over kind of northeast Indiana, eastern Michigan, and northwest Ohio. But uh, we have all that information if you want to see if your area qualifies for PACE. Um, it's coverage, again, when you split apply nitrogen, when you have that existing practice in your operation, you can buy coverage when you're uh, limited or prevented from getting that second uh, round of, of nitrogen applied. So quite a bit of rules that are involved. Um, the biggest one being the fact that you have to be prevented from getting that second um, round of nitrogen on from a uh, what we would say insurable cause a loss. Uh, so there's a lot of questions right now. Well, what if I can't get access to the nitrogen, supply chain issues, or it's just not available in my area, or I just I have a hard time getting it? Uh, this does not cover that scenario at all. This is strictly talking about Mother Nature preventing you from getting the second round of, of nitrogen on. So your pre uh, application could be last fall. It could be even this spring prior to planting the crop, but that post-application is what the coverage really binds itself to. Um, and so uh, if it's too wet during uh, this time period that uh, the government is calling V3 to V10 of your corn, uh, it's usually about a 20 to 24 to 25 day window there. Um, but that's the window that they're trying to give you some coverage if you're, uh, if you're prevented from getting that uh, second round of nitrogen on. But here's the thing, even if we get out, even if you're prevented during that window, that V3 through V10 window, you're out past that and it does dry up and does allow you to get that second round of nitrogen on, well, guess what? The, the claim or the indemnity on pace goes away because you got the nitrogen applied. So it's really covering this small window, V3 to V10. It's covering your post application um, of nitrogen. Um, and then from there, there's a lot of paperwork involved with you and us and the insurance company of how, how much nitrogen you, you bought, where you bought it from, um, how much did you get down pre, how much did you get down post planting. All of that goes into how much liability is there, how much premium it costs, and then, uh, and then again, what the indemnity might be. So uh, your agent is well-versed in this program, so you can sit down with them at any time uh, to see if it would work for your operation. Um, uh, quite a bit of varying numbers, depending on how much pre and how much post you plan on doing. So Tom, what would you be uh, some thoughts from your, from your angle? Yeah, I mean, we have a high price environment. I feel like everybody's gonna get it down, but you never know what Mother Nature is gonna throw at us. If I'm a producer today and I have some land that maybe just doesn't drain for whatever reason, um, I'm going to say I'm going to look at this if it's available in my county. I'm going to probably do what I, if I understand this right, Jason, I'm going to do some adverse selection. I'm going to choose optional on this coverage, even if my underlining is enterprise. And I'm going to pick those three quarters or three fields or whatever size they may be that I just have a tough time because they stay wet if it rains too much. And I, if I get another 10 optional units that I keep you know, my databases separate, 
I don't have to insure those. So it's almost like they're allowing adverse selection. So if I'm one of those producers that has that type of uh, land where it just won't dry out, I'm probably going to enroll in this program and select those three farms that just either doesn't have drainage or doesn't drain and uh, go that route. Tom, you've done a little bit of research on just cost in general, and I know we're trying to wait for some of our AIP partners to come out with their official quotas, but uh, the, the RMA website does allow you to, to get some rough estimate quotes out there. Just give our listeners maybe just a, an idea, roughly, <laughs> it is just an estimate still, um, on what we're looking at for cost. Yeah, and some of the numbers I've looked at here just uh, not too long ago, it all depends upon... Uh, your your post application percent, how much of your 100% of your nitrogen you're going to post apply versus pre. So if I put down 20% of my you know nitrogen pre and I do 80%, that's the max. And so if that's what you actually do, um, you'd have to tell us at your acreage reporting time. I, uh, hey, I put down 20, just like I said, and I put down 80 in my post application, like I said. Well, then that's the most coverage you're going to be available for. So that, that coverage range may be anywhere, depending upon your APH, from $150 to $180 of coverage or more. And the cost of that may only be $4 for some and $6.5 in areas like southeastern Minnesota, for example. So the, I don't think the cost is that bad. Um, just... Do I need it? And does it make sense for your operation? Right. And if it's a supply chain issue, it, there is no coverage. Um, and if you end up getting the nitrogen on, the adjuster is going to know that when you turn a loss in. So there'd be no coverage there as well. So it's, again, that V3 through V10 window. If, uh, if you're prevented during that window, um, you might be asking, how are they going to know? Well, the adjuster is going to get involved and get weather records, get all of your records on your inputs of what you put down and didn't get put down and uh, may have to do a field inspection as well to, to look at uh, different things like nitrogen stress and, stress and whatnot. So, guys, lots of talk there on pace. I think an important thing here for our listeners is it's something new. Uh, if you do qualify, as Jason laid out those uh, information there, then certainly ask more questions, inquire about how this might work for you, uh, for or at least be an interest for you in adding that to your 2022 Alterpearl policy. Tom, we left time here at the end of this conversation to kind of get your thoughts from a farmer perspective and, and your interaction with the sales team that we have here at Compere. What's What are some things that you're watching, looking for, and think is of interest for our listeners? Yeah, I can. Uh, a few thoughts that I'm thinking about right now is uh, just a recap, and it never gets old for me. Uh, I did take margin protection on my soybeans. I plan on being all soybeans because I didn't get my fertilizer bought because I was stubborn and resistant. So there we go. Uh, I bought the margin protection, which was a good price back last September, uh, hoping to give time for the markets to go up. They have. As a matter of fact, they've triggered every order I put in, which I thought probably only one or two might get reached. So I'm happy about that. And also, like, ah, oh, did I do it too soon? What was I thinking? But you know what? We had South America coming on with a big crop. They got it planted, perfect conditions. Then we entered a drought. Um, then the drought didn't affect the markets, and then they started to. That We've got the geopolitical between Russia and Ukraine. That could be a positive for grain markets. you got the potential geopolitical issues with China and Taiwan. 
don't know what that means, what are we, how are we going to react with government policy. There's a lot of unknowns out there right now, plus just, you know, think about what acres are going to be planted this spring and what are, are you know, stocks to usage type things. There's still good demand out there. Ethanol pl- prices are strong margins. Uh, everything seems to be going in our direction. So is it going to be over? Well, let's put it that way. It's going to be over when it decides it's over. I'm hoping things stay relatively solid for 2022. There's a lot of concern and questions with 2023, and uh, that's where a lot of people's focus is at. I just know that it, us as a producer needs to make sure we do everything we can to protect our margin in 2022. Um, I've been looking at the prices for 23 on corn specifically. Uh, we've been as high as 548. We're not too far from there today. I think it's 545 again. I just, you know... It's hard to go out there and sell that when you don't know if we've got $6 prices, you know, a year from now, does that mean rents are up and uh, inputs are up as well? So it gets a little tricky at that point. Um, Do what you can do to protect margin for 22. And uh, before too long, we'll be switching our attention to 2023 as well. Thanks, Tom, for that. Appreciate that. Always love your insight. You triggered one thought I wanted to share with our listeners when you talk about where we're at today and looking at 2023, and that's on the livestock side. When I look at milk prices today, they continue to, re- to remain high in terms of where we've been historically, which is a good reminder for our listeners that are in the dairy side of the business to you know, look at the DRP and LGM to lock in those milk prices. It's never a bad time to lock in high prices. Well, guys, listen, we are at the end of our time here for today. But before we go, I'm going to share a couple notes here for our listeners. One is uh, Jason and Tom went through a webinar earlier this year that covered similar topics that we covered here today, but there was also some visuals with it. So if you're interested, compere.com would have information for that webinar we shared in early January. And then also, in looking ahead into March 1st, I believe is the the date there. We will have a webinar in which we will feature a weather update from Eric Snodgrass. We will recap the current price environment where we're at and then allow Eric to give us a short-term weather forecast as we look to planting coming up here very, very soon. So, again, all information can be found at compere.com. Once again, thank you for listening. Uh, please take time to hit that subscribe button and leave us a review, and we'll look forward to connecting with you on our next episode. Thank you. Take care.